Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This week, we're telling the story of Asiana Flight 214. Thanks for listening. It's nice and cool it's, today. It is. It's going to uh, be... Dog- yeah, the doggo is oh, barking. Doggo is barking. She's, she's mad she can't be in this AC room. Oh, But it's not that bad out there. She can relax. I know. She's just a... A big black dog. Yeah, she's just confused. Aw, <laughs> about her. everything. She's yeah. Dogs never know what's going on. No. Yeah, like so. Today we are. We're doing Asiana Airlines Flight Two One Four, and in the time you and I have been doing this, I have started to write notes for this one mm. two or three times, and then given up on it and just been like bah, I don't know how to do that one okay. and like done a different one and so I think I've got something that'll work but I will say this one is simultaneously very simple in some mm. ways in some ways it is very simple like there's a way to t- like describe this in like one sentence sure. probably or two but there's some technical stuff that we it's worth mentioning and it's there's some stuff we just haven't talked about before so we'll oh, have to okay. introduce a few little new concepts um love it we are very recent so this happened in 2014 or nope it didn't i'm gonna say that guys over and over there's two things i'm gonna say that are wrong i'm gonna call this flight ana the airline and Mm -hmm. it is not ana it is asiana okay and i'm going to say it happened in 2014 it it did not it happened in 2013 okay yeah so july 6 2013 we're flying from incheon Korea, so that's the Seoul airport in Korea, mm-hmm. to San Francisco. That's about a 10-hour flight. Yeah. We're flying in a 777, so beautiful Boeing 777. That's uh, the plane that we used when I worked for JAL. So um, uh, it's funny. There's So there were 307 souls on board, uh, 291 passengers, four pilots, 12 flight attendants. And I saw 307 passengers or souls on board, and 291 passengers and i was like how do they fit so many people on there because <laughs> our jal 777 had 247 seats oh, okay but it's just because uh asiana has a totally different seat layout so oh, they've right. got a lot more economy um no first class no premium economy just a bunch yes. of economy business <laughs> so yeah yeah the i mean the maybe not as fancy as gel right right and so for reference to so korean air is the other major korean airline besides besides asiana and korean air still uses 747s Hmm. and you're not going to beat that for lux so right um why why try why try but just give up we've got um four pilots and three of them are captains this is not the huge um we've got captain Jongmin Lee, uh, he is the he's the top of the hierarchy here. So there's three captains, and the top of that, like the highest one, mm-hmm. is Captain Jongmin Lee. He's the uh, check captain, meaning he's uh, actually there to supervise Captain Kang Cook Lee, who is 
becoming a captain and transitioning from the uh, A320, so the uh, an Airbus A320, to the 777. So the uh, Zhang Minli is supervising. He is technically the pilot in, in command. He's sitting on the right side in the first officer's seat because he is facilitating or supervising Ken Cook Lee as he becomes a captain on the 777. So he's switching aircraft. Uh, it's a similar sized aircraft, but it's a different manufacturer, different stuff. So uh, Captain Ken Cook Lee is a thoroughly experienced pilot. He was, you know, had uh, over 10,000 flight hours. He was on the A320 for ages and now he's switching to the triple seven and he's only got 43 hours on the triple seven so he's very fresh to the triple seven um and maybe it's tough right the man he's having it's tough to switch planes you know what i mean he's he's doing his best but it's it's tricky he is about halfway through what's called initial operating experience. That's what the transition is, like what he's, his training period is called, initial operating experience. And he's about halfway through it, and he's doing his best. Captain Zhang Juwang, the relief captain, is sitting in business class because uh, there's enough spots, and it's nice, right? He's, he's the relief captain, so he's not flying this portion that we're going to be talking about. And uh, uh, Dong Wan Bang is in the jump seat. He's the first officer. So four pilots, two of them are actually in seats where they're controlling the plane. One of them is in business class and one of them is in the jump seat. So we took off from Incheon and sailed all the way over here. Ten hours. We're like nine and a half hours into this flight. We are well and truly almost to the very end of the flight. Everything has been fine. Everything has been manageable. One of the things with Asiana is they encourage their pilots to use the automation as much as possible. So they, uh, human error, unfortunately, is the biggest cause of uh, accidents. And they encourage their pilots to use the automation as much as possible. So mm-hmm. they were just sailing over the ocean. And uh, they're coming in to land at San Francisco. They are almost done. They're preparing to land in the cabin. There's, uh, we don't talk that often about like demographics. It comes up sometimes, but I think it's just worth mentioning on this flight that about of, of the 291 passengers, about fully half of them are Chinese a quarter are American and a quarter are Korean. So the crew the are, are only going to speak in all likelihood, uh, they're only required to speak, I should say, Korean and English. So about half the passengers on this plane may or may not have anybody on the crew who's going to be able to communicate with them in their native language. A bunch of the people, a bunch of those Chinese passengers are actually kids going to a Christian American summer camp. So the plane is full of like camp counselors and escorts and people who are bringing, uh, you know, a bundle of kids for summer camp. Yeah. 
And we're, we're about to land, right? We're about to land. They can see San Francisco. They're flying over the water. Uh, in case you don't know, friends, San Francisco is a coastal city, just in case that's not something you, you were aware of. Hmm. So they are meant to be landing on runway 28 left. Uh, San Francisco was doing some construction at this point on the runway, and the ILS system actually is not working. So there's no ILS, for anyone who doesn't know, ILS, Instrument Landing System, it's essentially uh, something that allows the pilots to let the plane do the vast majority of the work for landing. And that's not working at all, but mm. it is a clear, beautiful day. There mm. is like, it's not windy, it's not cloudy, it's 11 in the morning when they're coming in towards San Francisco, it's plenty of light. I assume San Francisco only gets like two days a year like this. I think the weather is probably terrible there. I don't know that, but it seems terrible hmm. to me. And so <laughs> they, it's, it's beautiful. And so the uh, air traffic controller is uh, telling them you're going to be cleared for like a visual approach. There's no ILS. The pilots knew there was no ILS long before this. And uh, now Again, Asiana has always encouraged their pilots to rely on autopilot as much as possible. And Ken Cook, brand new captain of a 777, has actually uh, never landed manually, mm. like never done a visual landing with this plane. But he's mm. a professional pilot who's yeah. been doing this for a long time. So he's got it. Um, there's a system that we, I don't think we've ever talked about this before. Maybe we talked about it ages ago. It's the Poppy, the P-A-P-I precision approach path indicator. So when a plane is landing, there's like a very precise, very, uh, like just baby bear, just right in the middle. You want to be, you can't be too high. You can't be too low. You can't be too fast. You can't be too slow. Like you got to get on a glide slope that brings you from the sky to the ground at the right speed, at the right moment, at the right spot on the runway to actually touch your wings down. And you want to be on a nice gradual slope because if you descend too fast, that's dangerous. If you descend uh, too slow you can get too slow and stall right so there's something the precision approach path indicator the poppy system is basically just four lights in a row like uh, on the left side of the runway mm -hmm. and four they they either are uh, white or red so four white lights mean your plane is too high three white lights and one red light means you're a little too high. Two and two means you're perfect. You're on the glide slope. One white light, three red lights, you're a little low. Four red lights, you are too low, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that's the visual help that they have as they're doing this visual landing. And just sorry, just a quick question. Is that pretty yeah. like standard, those that? Yes. Okay, so like yeah. all over the world. Yeah. Okay. So if you if you are ever on like the left side of a plane um, when you're landing, especially at night, maybe it's hard to see during the day unless you have good eyesight or glasses, I guess. But um, <laughs> at night, you could probably see them okay. uh, just as you're landing. So when they were cleared for the visual approach, 
they were a little high. Not that unusual, right? They were about 14 nautical miles away, maybe 11 miles-ish. And they were at 4,800 feet. So they were a little bit above what they wanted to be. Air traffic control told them that they wanted them to maintain 180 knots until they were five miles away from the airport. So this approach that they're making is all over water. Tons of airports around the world have this. LaGuardia has it, um, where you're, as you're landing, you're over water, over water, all the way up until you touch down on the runway, and then the runway meets the rest of the land or whatever, if that makes sense. So this is all happening over the water, and they have to make sure that they maintain that speed until they're five miles away then they start to slow down and then they can land the autopilot is set to flight level change mode and what that means is that the plane is waiting for them to get under 180 knots before it starts to descend, before the autopilot starts to descend. So that's not going to work for them, right? Mm-hmm. If the autopilot's going to keep them at the same height, at the same altitude, until they dip below 180 knots, and they can't go below 180 knots until they're five miles away from the runway, they are not going to be able to land. That won't work. You can't drop the whole, you can't drop 4,800 feet in right. if the distance of five miles. That's right. nothing, right? So... They know they're a little high. They got to switch it up. The pilots change the autopilot to vertical speed mode. And what that lets them do is they just type in the rate of descent, or it could also be a, the typing in the rate of ascent. So for descent, you'll put a negative number. And they type in negative 1,000 feet. And what that means is that it's going to automatically drop the plane down by 1,000 feet per minute. Uh, that is actually not fast enough to get them back onto the glide slope they're not on the glide path right now they are too high and just dropping down a thousand feet per minute is actually not going to get them down fast enough because they're right there we're like ready to land we're just a few minutes away so we're less than five minutes away so that won't do the trick uh they drop the gear the dropping the gear will create some extra drag that'll help them get lower a little bit they switch to 1,500 feet per minute, and at 2,000 feet above the ground, they were only about 200 feet too high. So when they got to 2,000 feet, they should have been at 1,800 feet. So they're coming down, but they're, they're still a little too high, but they're not way too high. They've still got a couple, like maybe two minutes before landing. So for some reason, they switch it back to 1,000 feet per minute even though they're still too high. Mm. So Kang Cook asked for them to put the flaps to 30, and Jung Min said, we're still too fast for flaps 30. Uh, they were going 172 knots at this point. They've actually dropped below that 180 knots. So for whatever reason, they apply the flaps anyway. They're doing all of these like nitty-gritty little things right before landing, right? The Auto throttle kicked in when they extended the flaps. The auto throttle thinks that the uh, that they were going to 
fast because they were going too fast for the flaps to be extended. So the, the autopilot tilted the nose up a little bit. And then the auto throttle thinks, oh, are we doing a go around and right. started to rev up? And these are two things that they actually don't want to happen. So at this moment, if you haven't understood anything, I'm so sorry. This is really weird and nitty gritty. I know we don't usually get in, like, into the details like this, but this is the part you need to hear. Ken Cook, who is flying the plane, who is just becoming a brand new captain of a triple seven, disconnected the autopilot because it's doing stuff he doesn't want it to, which is fine. He's a professional pilot. He can fly a plane, right? He did not realize that unlike on the aircraft he was used to, when he disconnected the autopilot, the auto thrust also disconnected Mm. both engines immediately went to idle so they are super low and they are very close they are really really close to landing and boom the engines go to idle nobody in the cockpit realizes this now normally they should be paying attention to their speed but they don't notice it initially So they are right, right, right before landing. They are really, really low. They are getting slower and slower. Ken Cook put the nose back down because the autopilot had picked the nose up, and they don't want that. They want to go down. So he just brought it back down to level. They're so close, and they can see the poppy lights, right? So those four lights, and they've got one red and three white. It says they're still too high. They are very, 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 very close. They drop below 500 feet. The speed is falling very fast. The speed is dropping off very, very, very quickly. And the stories we've talked about where people glide the plane, right, into when there's some kind of catastrophic engine failure, they run out of fuel and they're gliding the plane, the speed drops off really, really fast. And as speed drops off, the plane starts to drop faster and faster. But they do not realize this is happening. And the little lights say you're still a little bit high. So they cross the point where they're as they're getting closer and closer to the runway they kind of cross the point where they're exactly on the glide slope so for one second they get two white two red lights they're exactly on the glide slope they keep going and all at once they get stick shaker they get all of these audio warnings they get the plane screaming at them that they're stalling and then they get four red lights like almost like within a couple seconds all of a sudden because the engines are on idle they cross the glide slope everything looks like it's fine and then they start to the stall and the plane starts to fall and they're only like a hundred feet off the ground no one at that moment no one realizes that the engines are on idle ken cook believes that the auto throttle should be taking care of this and tilts the nose of the plane back up jong min starts to scream go around go around go around go around Uh, Ken Cook lifts the nose up higher and they're coming in. The runway is right in front of them. And the runway is again lifted up out of the water. And there's a seawall right in front of the runway. He lifts the nose up and the tail of the plane catches the seawall and snaps off. And the rest of the plane slides. And as it slides and then responds to the the tail snapping off, the plane cartwheels and lifts up and then slams back down onto its belly. When the tail snapped off, six people, 
flew out the back, just got ripped out. Mm. Four of them were the four flight attendants strapped into their jump seats. They were still strapped in. They flew out. Thank God, not into the water. They flew out onto the runway. Two of the people that flew out were two 16-year-old girls Mm. who were not buckled. Oh, no. And they fell out onto the runway, not in their seats. The plane slid, it cartwheeled, it slammed onto its belly. When the plane slammed down, that final impact, two of the slides, so the inflatable slides that are supposed to go out uh, when you open the doors in an emergency situation, two of those slides deployed into the cabin. And when they, they, I don't know if anyone's ever seen them deploy, it was something that was pounded into my head especially at buffalo where we would open and close doors for Mm -hmm. some planes you can never just open the emergency door because it will shoot that inflatable slide out and it can hit like punch somebody if they're on the runway and it can hurt them so these inflatable slides inflate into the cabin and hit the way Mm. they slide in they smash into two of the flight attendants who are strapped into their seats and smother them the inflatable Mm. plastic just pressed up against them and smothers them the air traffic controller watched all of this happen because the air traffic controller can see the runway right out their windows and immediately called fire rescue and emergency rescue the Inside, I don't know what it was. I, it's not understandable to me. The The pilots did call and say something like very frantic to air traffic control. I do not know what it was. You can hear the recording if you want to. And air traffic control just responded to them like we've contacted fire rescue. They're on their way. The right engine catches on fire. The pilots... open the door they they get up out of their seats and they open the cockpit door and they can see the first thing they can see is that the flight attendants are being smothered by the the inflatable slides and one of the pilots grabs the fire axe and like hacks into the the slides to deflate them and like gets the stupid slides off of the flight attendants and it happened fast enough like they haven't suffocated they catch their breath and as they start to evacuate as they start to evacuate they start to open the doors that they can there are again 307 people were on this plane six of them are off the plane before it came to a stop because they fell out the back there's 301 people on this plane well over a hundred of them are injured and some of them are very seriously injured, but the, everybody on this plane is still alive. What that means is as they're evacuating. And again, there's a pretty significant language barrier. They are trying to get everybody off the plane. There are so many people who are injured. One of the pilots carried a passenger off the plane one of the flight attendants this is a very famous picture in korea especially it probably should be famous everywhere one of the flight attendants carried a passenger off like piggyback style and i don't know if you've seen like asiana flight attendants but they are like waif like maybe there's a a type that they pick right Right. and so it's just this like you know tiny beautiful tiny woman carrying a passenger off piggyback style 
Uh, they, uh, the fire from the le- the right engine started to puncture into the cabin as everybody's trying to get off and people have broken bones and people have injuries. One of the pilots went and just took the fire extinguisher and was just standing in front of the fire trying to get it out with the fire extinguisher. At the back of the plane, the very back, the last row on the left, there was another girl, a 16-year-old girl who had been buckled, but her seat, when the tail got ripped off, her seat, her whole chair, hadn't totally disconnected, but it had gotten pulled back so that when the plane came to a stop, she was, like, strapped into her seat with her her back on the floor, if that makes sense. And when, in that final impact the door the last exit door all the way in the back of the plane on the left had caved in and struck her in the head so she's unconscious and very badly injured they had to carry her off the fire crews start to get there and some of them are like blowing foam onto the the engine and the fire and some of them are coming on there were five people still trapped on the plane they're trying to get people off and they do they get every single person off the plane but this particular scenario where you have a plane that is on fire and you have hundreds of survivors right and over a hundred people who are injured dozens of people who are seriously injured like dealing with this mass of survivors was not something that they that this crew that showed up at san francisco had been specifically trained for it's like a very weird scenario because there's a lot of people who are alive but so many people who are seriously injured so they're trying to process everything One of the girls who had not been buckled, who had gotten pulled out the back of the plane, this is where some of you, I I don't even, I don't know a time code or anything for you to skip to. I guess I'm just going to say it's, this is a very difficult part of this. Yeah. Yeah. So Lin Jia Wang was one of the girls who got pulled out the back of the plane who wasn't buckled and she was killed when that happened. Meng Yuan Li, her body was lying very close to the fuselage. And as all of these fire trucks are coming and all of these different people are trying to coordinate this like very, very quick rescue effort, all of this is happening. And the training that they had received was not to move bodies because it might be important for the investigation. And sometimes you get conflicting information that's just a fact. Sometimes you get told conflicting things. So there's, it's chaotic. There's a lot of people there. Nobody actually ever checked to see if she was alive, but she very much appeared to be dead, and they believe she was dead. And one of the fire trucks ran her over. Oh, gosh. All of the fire and rescue workers at San Francisco have cameras on them, like body cams. They're actually on their helmets, so they have helmet cams. 
And the helmet camera for one of those workers was anonymously dropped off mm-hmm. at a news station in San Francisco. So it exists. It's out there. Yeah. If you guys are familiar with this story, I'm sure that you've seen it. I'm sure you've watched it. So in that video, there's they realize what's happened. Somebody like comes screaming out to the driver of the the vehicle and it's just like you just you ran over one of the bodies, like you hit a body, which isn't something anybody wants to do. And I guess I'll talk about this more maybe at the end, but I I am personally I think that the way this was handled in the local media is was very unfair. I guess I'll just say it like that. So this is horrible. This is a very there's two phrases that are important to say because they were all over the news. So when in that video when they were reporting to each other that one of the bodies had been run over what was heavily reported and it's mostly in like written articles you can't see tone or anything is one of them said shit happens and they did say that in the most literal sense they did say that and if you watch it they are the plane is still on fire and you are a different person than I am. Like you can have your own read on the situation. Sure. And I think that's totally fine. I think different people will, but I read it as they are all objectively horrified that this has happened. And more like if you were trying to like, let your buddy off the hook like comfort your friend right right like shit happens like like there's nothing there's but it's horrible if that is someone that you love or someone you care about or if you put yourself into it really just depends whose perspective you're looking at it because it's not anything you would want to hear said about your loved one so all of that to say when the dust settled we can come back and talk more about that and and we will but when the dust settled of the 307 people on that flight, 304 of them lived. The wow. The girl in the last seat who was injured when the door crashed in, she died six days later in the hospital. Mm. The two girls who were not um, buckled, and I don't say that to be very, very clear. I'm not saying that to blame them. I am not saying that to blame them at all. I'm mentioning it because, really for two reasons. One, because... It's a relevant detail. I have no reason to think that it was because they were like just flouting the rules, right? right? They just might have forgotten, might have been sleeping, might have whatever, you know, whatever the case was, they they weren't buckled at that moment. And it had this horrific outcome. Yeah. And I guess I also say it again, I am not blaming them. No, at of course all. not. But I do hear people say, all the time on like 75% of the flights I've been on when the flight attendants tell everybody to buckle somebody says as if it's really going to matter if we crash if you're buckled or not guys it matters matters. like it matters it just does I'm sorry to tell you it actually it feels ridiculous but it matters yeah I mean same with the car like it it matters it matters so much in a car right it matters so so much and your chances of of getting into an accident or so much higher in a car. Right. But 
it just does matter and you don't know when it's going to matter and just wear your stupid seatbelt yeah just, just wear it's it. so simple right. keep it loose if you want to yeah. keep it ridiculously loose it'll still catch you you know what i mean yeah but uh so in the end very nearly everyone survived but not everyone survived yeah and the three people who were killed were 16 year old daughters and sisters and people who were going to christian summer camp right and Uh. oh and one of those people i mean oh so menguan lee the question of whether or not she was already dead obviously became extremely important. Yeah. And right. the first autopsy, the first report that came out was from the county coroner. And he said she was still alive. Oof. And that obviously is horrific. Devastating Hor- for everybody. Devastating. For everybody. S- horrible, horrible, horrible. And her family obviously sued, of course, yeah. because 100%. it is your only recourse, right? Yeah. And the follow-up autopsy showed that she was dead already. Oh. And ultimately, so this is kind of an interesting thing, San Francisco actually has a law that you can't have a like secret settlement like a confidential settlement Mm. so they dropped the suit and when they dropped the suit because there's no such thing as a confidential settlement in san francisco they it's public records or whatever that they they didn't just drop the case and like settle out of court but they actually dropped the case and acknowledged that it does appear like she was already dead now i want to say this and again i hate these like really graphic details so skip ahead like 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this but her head was crushed Mm. and one of the statements that was made on that video was when one of the person wearing it was reporting that this had happened to his supervisor she said something along the lines of like are you sure that she's dead meaning are you sure that she's dead now that that she's run over and he said it looks like someone this is very graphic it looks like someone dropped a pumpkin oh my gosh and i it is so horrific and i guess the reason why i bring that up is just because we have People feel differently about bodies yeah. of loved ones. People, some people do not care about it. They just, they, or they care less about it. They feel like the person is gone. Their soul has left their body. They are not feeling pain anymore. It's not important anymore. And some people do not feel that way, yeah. whether they don't feel that way because of like religious or philosophical beliefs or just because of their own. I'll speak for myself. For me, um, I, I'll just be honest when I love when when someone I love dies, I actually really, really want to spend time with their body. Mm. I just do. Yeah. I like to, I don't like is totally the wrong word. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what the right word is, Comfort but that's an important, yeah. it's an important part of grieving for me. Yeah. And so that to me is what I think about just like, oh my gosh, like right. their daughter, like they can't even, 
they can't even like see her again right like it's just I can't imagine how horrible that must be and so I don't want to it does seem as best as anyone can tell it very much seems like she was already dead and for her sake that is good Mm -hmm. but it's not neutral but it's not like anyone did it on purpose and right well and in those situations too I think the way that first responders speak to each other is obviously much different than especially I feel like firefighters is much different than they would speak to the parents or siblings or whatever of the loved one you know what I mean of course and I think that like that's so hard to visualize it's so hard to hear but exactly like you were saying like it's you know those like nobody wins you know Nobody wins in this in this particular situation. Right. And it is so the the NTSB looked at what their training had been like as part of the investigation. And they looked like broadly across like training programs across the country at that time and could not find any that gave clear directions on what to do if there is a body in close proximity to the fuselage Mm. that's on fire that you're trying to put out so this is just not something they had training on now i've seen people talk about so again the way the news i will say a when the first you only know what you know at the time right you don't nobody's can see into the future so when the first coroner's report came out that said she was still alive at the time when that came out obviously that was reported very little reporting when the following the follow-up right was of course right came up but but the people who work in or have training for mass casualty events will say you a are supposed to make sure the person is dead Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And and I think that in a chaotic environment, you might think that someone else has checked. Mm-hmm. Right. If everybody else is running past her, you right. might think that someone else has checked and that you're supposed to put a marker on the person in some way to mm-hmm. mark mm-hmm. a where they are, because you don't want things like that to happen and b to mark that you've checked her and like, you know, that that's not a living person who needs medical care immediately. There's the other thing. And that's the aspect of triage and how triage in mass casualty events Mm -hmm. has is as a very, very, very difficult quality of trying to not just figure out who needs the most help, but who has the best chance and it's Mm -hmm. very very hard because this isn't war it's san francisco at 11 30 in the morning in 2013 right right? like it's not wartime it's a normal day and it so it's very anyway so training did improve after this Mm. the cause of the accident was unfortunately just pure pilot error Right. Just pure pilot error. And that is horrible. And you know how much I hate that. But yeah. it there's no way around it. There was an element to this that was um, 
like the NTSB highlighted crew fatigue and I did not find the details of that but crew fatigue is a huge problem and comes up in all the time right they are tired it's it's the schedules that they work are often very difficult and you want people to be at the top of their game but you're at the end of your flight at this point and just the fact that there was so the captain who was flying at the time is training and the captain who's supervising him had never supervised anybody anybody before right right? and like it has to be the it's your first time supervising someone at some point it always Mm -hmm. there just has somebody has to be first but they they yeah and it that's uh yeah like i said i don't know i don't know this is a hard story to figure out how to tell yeah. because you, there's like the very simple, they accidentally put the engines on idle. And so they stalled yeah. like 80 feet above the ground and there's no time to recover from that. Right. It's not possible. They were 103 knots. They were going, they were incredibly slow mm. when they stalled and they fell out of the sky but they were barely off the ground and there was no way to recover from that. Right. So it's like missing it, the last step almost like it. Yeah. You know, very you, much. Yeah. yeah. And, and just not being a hundred percent. I don't know. It was, yeah, it's, it's, there's like little stuff, little stuff that I found really like irritating. And I know I have like the benefit of hindsight too, but mm. Um, like in the way like the n- local news coverage of this there was some like hay made out of the fact that the pilots weren't drug and alcohol tested hmm. and that's because in the u.s the policy is to drug and alcohol test any anybody who has any kind of anything so if i working when i was like a gate agent if i damaged the plane if i committed the the sin of aircraft damage mm-hmm. i would get drug and alcohol tested mm. but they don't drug and alcohol test foreign crews oh okay so when it, there's an accident like that so or at least at this time yeah um so there's no story there there's no nobody thinks they were drunk nobody made that claim right, right? right. nobody insinuated that so Oh, I don't know. Gosh. I don't know. There's a lot of details and we could go into more details. There's like when the a lot of the crews, obviously, how can I say? It? So so I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens of people needed to be in hospitals across San Francisco. Yeah. Right. And when the first like wave of the crew, flight crew returned, the the flight attendants were really 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 like seen as heroes Mm. in korea and which they were of course like a hundred percent and there's a video of like there was like a million a million reporters like watching them get like come off the jet bridge into the airport when they arrived back Mm. in in incheon and the like chairman of asiana was there to greet them and he's the first person to greet them which is like very 
cute yeah, nice, yeah. weird <laughs> yeah. also weird right but the thing that's horrible about it is like they they got like they open the door they like come out and the first girl off the plane was in a wheelchair the first flight attendant was in a wheelchair and she just burst mm. out crying and was like crying uncontrollably and then all the other flight attendants started crying yeah. and there's just so much trauma yeah. so much suffering so much and you don't get to see stuff like that as often because, I mean, for better and for worse, I mean, I'm glad that nobody is like following me around with a camera when I'm experiencing trauma. Yeah. But also we just don't see that part of it where yeah. it just horrible. Right. Horrible. Well, and everybody, too, thinking like, oh, what a miraculous thing. And they're like, no, it was the right. worst day of my life. Like, right, right, mm. right, right. Yeah. It must be that so surreal is... to walk into something like that. Oh, and then you come home because it, I mean, they can't just, because you're not home. Right. Right. You're not, it's like you're not safe yet. Right. Right. And, uh, but. Man. Yeah. It's, I mean, uh, it's a rough one because. Because, I don't know, of all the people, ugh, yeah. gosh. Goodness. Yeah. What, what happened? Do, do we know what happened to the pilots? I, they did not have, like, criminal charges or anything like that. That's good. And I don't know if they, I do not know if they started, if they kept flying yeah i imagine i know that the um that the captain what's his name uh jong ju wong in the in business class mm -hmm. of all the the other three pilots were fine he got a broken rib oh, no. in in the passenger cabin oh. in for in business class he gets a broken rib but I I assume that the pilots who weren't flying probably were fine yeah. if they wanted to keep flying. I don't know. Right, right. I don't know. I know that, like, Asiana, they retired this flight number. You can't fly on mm. Asiana 214 anymore. It doesn't exist. And um, Is that typical? Yeah. To, to yeah. retire the flight number? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty... There's. It's actually... Um, I like that. Yeah. I mean, not yeah. like as a relative term, you know what I mean? Yeah. If if everything is like with like incidents, right? They won't, but if there's like there was the time that um one of the engines caught on fire of our plane, but it, when it was coming to us mm. from Korea and the plane had to turn around, they didn't change the flight number for that. But if right. there's like loss of life, they'll usually retire the flight number. Wow. But, My goodness. Yeah. Those poor parents. Ugh. Ugh. It's crazy, like thinking about it. Th that it was in like 2013, and I mean, even I mean, all of the recent ones that we've done, I've never, I've right. literally never heard of. And that, like, that is starting to get interesting to me, actually, that I it's a, haven't, yeah. you know? Like, it's a, I don't know, like, especially something like this, like, 
Right. I don't know why it wouldn't have been on my radar. It's interesting to me, too, just because the, um, like, why is it on my news and not your news? That's, like, right. algorithms for you, right? So I feel like I never know if any of you out there who I've had the divine pleasure of having a, a real in-person conversation with yeah has probably heard me say like well you might remember this one and the person will be like i don't i don't remember any plane crashes yeah. or like i only remember the buffalo crash right and i'm like but this one was a big one no 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 right why no. is i don't know i don't know i don't know or maybe yeah. we read about it we just don't remember but i feel like i don't know it just happens so infrequently right like i remember the well, planes like, that went missing Right. I mean, everybody remembers. Like, I don't know. Malaysian Airlines. Well, Malaysian Airlines had like the worst 12 month period of any airline ever. Yeah. They, plane disappears and then the plane got shot down in the last Ukraine Russia war. Yep. Ugh. But. Ugh. So. Yeah, I really feel like the, I really, really, really did not like watching the local news Mm. coverage of like when the video was released. And I understand, I assume that the person who turned that tape in was almost certainly somebody one of the firefighters. I don't know that. Right. Maybe not. Right. But I think they're they're who would have access to it. Right. So that's my guess. Um, maybe not, but I think so, yeah. probably. And um Were I don't just, know how much. Did they trauma. just like tear them apart or what was like the Ugh, yeah. And and that's I wonder if like the person who 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 anonymously dropped off the tape was like guilty like dealing with survivor's guilt or like the trauma from that or you know the trauma of that experience and then they they the uh captain of the fire department is a woman i can't remember her name but she in the days like in the you know news what is it called news briefing (laughs) news conference what no, like when when you have an event where you make us say oh. something and the news comes. Yeah, briefing. I guess press press. <laughs> it's coming to us. I don't know. I mean, I know press. it. I can't. I know both of us know it. It's right there. But she, uh, she said on the news that. Like she was in like the like the day it happened, the day after it happened, a couple days later, like she said that she was like very proud of like the rescue crews. Mm. She was very like she felt like things had gone as well as they could. Like she like had a lot of positive things to say about her team. Mm-hmm. And then like when this tape came out, the news was like, do you stand by that? Like mm. whatever. And she was just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> still proud of them. Right. And they were um, just stuff like that. Or, or she didn't. I actually do appreciate the fact that she did not know, did not know. 
and no one knew for a very long time for what must have been an excruciating, horrific amount of time, mm. whether or not whether or not the girl who was run over was alive or dead when she was run over. Right. And if I, I'm not connected to that situation. What I mean, but I don't mean that in like a cold way. I just mean from an outside perspective, I can like let myself believe that she was already gone and that she didn't suffer more because of that. But if I was the person who hit her, if I was her parents or her best friend or anybody, I don't know if I could ever a hundred percent believe that she wasn't alive. And that is horrible and so i say that to say the chief the fire chief not saying not bringing that up when it was unknown and when the details were so incredibly unclear at the beginning i don't think i don't i actually kind of think the opposite of the idea that she owed it to the public to say that they had hit one of the passengers yeah Yeah. i don't i don't understand why people feel entitled to know that the day it happens i don't know right i don't know but goodness i don't know but you can watch a lot of it like 40 minutes of of the of it is uploaded and yeah it's it's all on there and you can see how how they're just trying to like function and figure it out and yeah yeah. just literally do their best in such a hard situation i mean you think about the fact that you know more often than not you have some indication that something is wrong and you're like on the scene already waiting for the plane and this is you know it's the big one it's yeah. Hopefully the worst event of any of their careers and they're I don't know. And like a lot of the passengers were kids. A lot of the passengers were kids. So that like automatically and the most injured are kids or like immediately right. died were kids like Right. Like that is a right. lot to deal with. Right. Coming into it. Right. And like the language chaos, I don't know yeah. how much there was, but I know there was some. There must have because been, yeah. Of, yeah. And people, you know, just having to, I couldn't find details. Maybe somebody can send them to me, like really details of the people who were trapped inside the plane mm. because the the fire crews did have to go on board and some of the flight crew and cabin crew didn't leave the plane and stayed on the plane until until all of the passengers were off wow and uh my word yeah that is that story i know i feel like some of the technical stuff if I mess anything up, guys, I hope you know, please always message us and tell us. But yeah, it's. Yeah, I've had like a really hard time figuring out how to. Structure this one, yeah. or what to talk about, 
Because some stuff just totally leaves out everything about the rescue and the people who died mm. in any specificity. And some things only talk about that. And and I get it. I get it. Well, it seems so it's it's like such a it's such a big one that sometimes it's like we can focus on one and the other, you know. Right. One, or I should say one or the other. Right. But it I yeah. I don't know. It's Oh, that's a tough one. Press conference. Press conference. Fucking conference. I, it was gonna keep me up all night. Yeah. Press conference. That's exactly <sighs> what it is. Do you I would I would rather die than do a press conference. I would No. You I've, probably are going to have to do a press conference. Yeah. Point, I mean, though. I've done quite a bit of press for my last job. Right. It's horrifying. And like, you know, all of the like whatever shit about press aside, they got a lot of it wrong. <laughs> they just got a lot of it wrong. Uh, uh, right. I don't know. It's scary. And like everything yeah. you say is just construed one way or the other. Right. Right. Like I know like you and I have talked about this and I don't know how much how much detail you want to go into or not. And I obviously it's yeah. fine. Use your best judgment. <laughs> but that is something that you and I have talked about for years because you've had the experience of talking to the press yeah. and having them get details wrong and it is in the way that I'm guys like you know I get details wrong on this show sure. and the the easiest details to get wrong are when you just don't you just don't understand the vocabulary exactly. well enough yep. to know you're do- using it wrong yep. and that's what happens all the time in the articles where people yeah. have interviewed you for them yeah people just don't know right right especially with like fields that are so complex in terms mm. of vocabulary in terms of processes like you know aviation is very similar you really have to know the ins and outs to you know kind of report on some of these things and I actually I there was there's one reporter from the Buffalo News I'm totally blanking on her name she's amazing and she covers Mm. a lot of like immigrant and refugee stories and um you know Mm. she's very she's very much a reporter um but at the end of the day, she really is intentional about getting things right and correct and mm. takes the time to define the important vocabulary. And so I just, you know, I think we're in a time now where that's that type of reporting is very difficult to achieve because of how, you know, saturated media is and how quickly things have to be turned in and, you know, so on and so right. forth. I think a lot of the that kind of craft is just changing um because of how much news and like press availability there is but um it was yeah it's definitely jarring for sure when like it's you or your situation or like something that you know deeply about right um when it when it gets it wrong you know yeah I mean, just my, like, dear in-laws, my, like, lovely (laughs) in-laws who like to bike. They like to bike 
around because mm. that's fun. And they both are like they are working. They both have jobs yeah. and they go for bike rides. And somebody from like the local paper <laughs> would just did like not even an interview, just like wanted to take their picture yeah. for like a hey, the weather is nice now. People are biking, yeah. and so it's literally just their picture and like two lines underneath the picture on the front page, mm-hmm. which is fun. They spelled their name wrong <laughs> and described them as an, a retired couple, <laughs> and they were just showing it to me, and they were like, "I had no idea we had retired. Right. Like, I'd be this is such good news. Right. Like, right. <laughs> thank you for letting me know. Like, Lockport Register or whatever. It I is, will but... not be showing up to work on Monday. Thank you. Right. I'll this instead yes. i'd be like actually i was I, recently informed right. and that's like little thing and so like little stuff it you can just see like right. oh and like the last name thing you know i'm not i'm gonna keep my last yeah. name to myself as long as i can yeah. but like it's, they spell it could correctly? be spelled no oh gosh no. it could be easier to spell it let's could be honest be. right it could, it could be, be i guess i don't know but i don't know i mean i've been i don't know you've been used to it yeah yeah but that like right because i don't want to it's really, really dangerous if you get into that, like, the media is all lies because exactly. the media is actually, like, many, 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 many people. Yeah, yeah, yep. And they will do a better job or a worse job, a more thorough job or a less thorough job. Yeah. Some people will have whatever. Like, they, but those little things where you're just, like, Oh, this is this is just wrong. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's right. Sometimes it matters more than others, you know? Like sometimes it does matter. Obviously. But right. Like in a couple years, good Lord willing, my in laws will be retired and it'll just come true. Exactly. But, and then that'll be accurate reporting. Right. And it'll be great. But it does kind of matter if like I don't know, just in the case that we're talking about, I just think about exactly. I mean, really what it comes down to is like the piece of of families and the piece of, frankly, again, people will feel different levels of empathy. But the person like the the rescue crews who are there trying to save people, that's what they're there for. Mm -hmm. And they're. I don't know, I just. How would you ever sleep for right. years, oh my God. for years, wondering if she was alive or yeah, dead? Right. Or maybe you're a person for whom that's less important because you just feel. I mean, nobody wants to like damage yeah. a body right. of someone's loved one. Exactly. Nobody wants to do that. Ugh. And it was confirmed but, that like they didn't. Like, they did not see the body. They didn't just, like, carelessly run it So, over. they, earlier in the video, so people people saw the body, right? And, and right. early on, when fire trucks first arrived, somebody was, like, guiding the fire trucks around the body. But then that person went to go do something else, or people... And the other thing is that fire trucks... So I don't know if uh, fire trucks or at least these fire trucks at like these rigs that they had at SFO um, had extremely poor visibility, Mm -hmm. like rear visibility. Yeah. I mean, they're massive, too. Like, that's the other thing. Right. 
and they can't really see like if you watch there's a really long um much less edited like it's like it is like 40 minutes long continuous of the can't helmet video and in that tons of that is firefighters out on the ground guiding the fire trucks mm. and so the the person who was riding who's driving rather the fire truck earlier in the day did know where her body was and forgot it wasn't like mm. an intentional thing right, right, right. and it wasn't there's also and this is something again like gosh like her body was so small yeah like, she's like a tiny little 16 year old girl right. and she was so small and she was laying on the ground and i think that again just i don't know it would be very hard for me personally it would be very hard for me if if someone i love's body yeah. was destroyed that would be very hard yeah. and i also know that that when you are grieving something you can get stuck on one aspect of it mm -hmm. because it is easier to be angry than it is to be sad mm -hmm. and i don't know yeah it's hard it's really factors. hard yeah yeah but goodness <sighs> Is your fact about press conferences? <laughs> Should be. Should be. Um, no, it's actually um, an aviation fact today. Oh. So TikTok about. I, I, so my first fact was going to be about this thing, and then I was like, probably every single person who listens to this knows this. Just a fact for me. <laughs> um, it's fine. But I don't know. Maybe not. Um. Have you heard of Oshkosh, the the air venture, like, how do I explain? Like, it's a convention for pilots? No. Oh, you haven't? Okay, this no. is great. This is great, then. I guess, okay, so. Tim knows what it is. One trillion Our percent. Our beloved Tim. One trillion percent, because it's, I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not going to go into a ton of it, because I, I don't want to. It's like a very sacred thing, it appears, and I don't want to get any of it wrong, <laughs> but it appears to be convention almost, I guess, for not personal pilots. <laughs> what the fuck is the term? Oh, private pilots. Private pilots. Or, yeah, or, or like general aviation. Yeah, general aviation. That's the that's the one. So it seems like that. And it's um, it's like the last week in in July every year. So they just finished up um, and they have over. 10,000 flights in Whoa. that time period for like five Whoa. days or whatever it is. Um, and it becomes the busiest airport in the world for that length of Where time. Where is it? It's in, let me look it up really quick, in Oshkosh, which, where is that? I don't know. I was going to say, I need, <laughs> I need more. I need to zoom out. Um, I don't know where Oshkosh. Wisconsin? The Oshkosh Air Show. Yeah. Yeah. It's like people refer to it as Oshkosh. Oh, yeah. Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, a TikTok came up and then the, mm -hmm. the, they were starting to explain how pilots land. They have like, 
I don't know, eight planes landing at one time. At one time. Uh-huh. And they have two runways. They take the taxi, um, uh, what's it called? The taxiway, and they turn that into a runway. And then they use the runway as a runway, obviously. And then they have, they paint different colors on the runway, like circles, giant different colored mm-hmm. circles, neon colored circles. Mm-hmm. And they're just like directing pilots to land on the color oh my god! at the same time. So there's like just constantly planes landing um, oh my for gosh. this this thing. But then that also made me think, okay, but so this is like... 10,000 pilots, you know, 10,000 planes or whatever are landing during the week, which comes out to be like because they're arriving in the middle of the week, there's about three to four landings per day. Or I'm sorry, three to four thousand landings per day. Holy cow. Busiest, How is that possible? Right. The busiest airport in the world, which is um, Hartsfield Jackson in Atlanta, which I, okay. I did not know. Uh, maybe ish this is a heavily debated topic really? if you say it's the busiest airport in the world we'll get emails by all means guys oh, send email us i looked but it up the busiest... I, looked, I looked up the data no, i looked I know. up multiple i was like because that i didn't think it was you're right you're not wrong you're not wrong <laughs> it's just debated it's like saying the biggest snake in the world is the biggest snake in the world the longest snake got you or the right fattest snake right or whatever so is the busiest airport in the world the one with the most flights right the one with, with most, the highest capacity right. of passengers all that because right? i think london but is the delta, highest capacity of passengers is what i saw anyways d- delta delta has done a lot to That's, publicize the idea that that that, that, that Atlanta is, is literally what i thought it was i was like oh, fucking yes, delta i knew right. it yeah 100 but for comparison so they're doing three to four thousand at at Oshkosh, they're doing three to four land, uh, three to four thousand landings per day. Atlanta does fourteen hundred. Yeah, that's impossible. It seems impossible. Insane. Insane. It seems impossible. You have to see the pictures. We'll post it when we post this video on the Instagram. You have to see the pictures yeah. of the flight plan. It's it is chaos. Insane. It is just like plane on top of plane on top of plane. Yeah. It is yeah. wild. That's yeah. It must be. I don't even. I didn't. I've never heard of this. I am shocked. I am shocked. You've never heard of this in like the best way. Like this is this is this is great. No, I feel I'm. I love the joy of learning about this whole new thing. I wish. I mean, it's in Wisconsin, and that's like a drivable distance for us. Yeah. (laughs) Tim, did you go this year? Please tell us if you or have you ever gone. I'm sure. Or I feel like the, it's also like, oh gosh, I'm like looking at this. It's like a little tiny town. It's not <laughs> that tiny. It's got there's 65,000 people and like 160 in the metro area. So it's like Niagara Falls right. size. Right. Niagara Falls, New York. Niagara Falls, Ontario is very luxe and fancy. Yeah. And who knows how many people live there. But Niagara Falls, New York numbers. Right. Uh, and maybe New- Niagara Falls, New York styling but so sixty six thousand people and then three hundred thousand people with ten thousand planes right. show up right. once a year that's wild it's truly wild and i was like no way no way and then i saw uh you just you have to look up the the flight plan it is crazy 
Yeah. Like, can you imagine? I just can't even imagine. Like the, being the air traffic um, control people, like yeah, like seeing what their 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 screens look like or whatever. I don't know what what technology they have yeah. there. Hopefully, good technology, <laughs> but that must be so chaotic. Right. And it seems like if you like, I was looking through the website a little bit. It looks like a good time. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it is. I bet it is packed. The schedule. There's something every single second of the day. It's crazy. There's two. It looks like there's two. Oh, the, I will say the Whitman Regional Airport has five stars. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I've never seen an airport with five stars. So I guess everybody loves it. Yeah. I mean, nice. to be able to land that many planes. I mean, come oh, yeah, on. They deserve it. They deserve and it. And the friggin' cute little like clown circles on the runway. <laughs> yeah. Uh. It's got a good long runway. Yeah. Now I'm like falling down the rabbit hole with you. This is insane. And then to 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 uh land on that skinny little taxiway. Oof. Oof, oof, oof. I mean, I guess the if you're smaller a little baby planes, plane. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's crazy. <sighs> Friends, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Maybe we should go next year. I would do it. That'd be fun. Wisconsin. If you live in Wisconsin, I don't know if anybody listens to us in Wisconsin. <laughs> I think so. If you do, please tell us about it. Yeah. And please just tell us um, all about it. Yeah. Because I'm very interested. <laughs> and if any of you, it's not, I mean, Tim is our dearest buddy yeah. from FS Mania on YouTube. Check him out. But I know that no doubt other, I know other pilots listen to us. And I imagine other like general aviation pilots listen to us and if any of you have ever been to this please tell us yeah i really want to know it looks like a great pick time. us up on the way truly <laughs> get permission to land at jfk please. To pick us up. <laughs> no we can drive out to like one of the little baby airlines yeah. or airports rather but yeah we can we can meet you there yeah and uh yeah, and we'll find out if we're scared to fly in a little tiny plane. Yes, because I don't, I don't know that about myself. I don't either. So we can find out, <laughs> but it looks great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, on that note. Yeah. On that note. Oshkosh, yeah. Oshkosh, bagosh. Oshkosh. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. I was like the baby, baby right. clothing. <laughs> That's what I did too. Right. Oshkosh. Is it? I wonder if they are related. I wonder if. Oh Baby yeah, maybe that's where it came from. In Oshkosh. It's a good name. It's if that was name. the town, the name of the town that I grew up in, I would I would use yeah. it. I love you so much. I love Mariah. you too. I love you. I, we love all of you guys so much. Yep. I don't know, guys. We love you. If you have a story, if you for some reason have gotten this far, um, and if you if you have a story that you particularly want to hear in general, of course we love suggestions, but if you have a story where everyone survives that you're particularly interested in or just one that you think would make a good episode. Maybe you don't like it that much, but you think it'd make a good episode, anything like that. Um, I just need to, maybe you've noticed that we've, it's been, it's been sadder around here. Yeah. So a little bit. And the truth is, is that you have a 90% chance of surviving a plane crash. Mm -hmm. So we want to represent that fact yeah. in our, show about plane crashes so all right i love you i love you, I love you mariah
Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Pod Crashed. We so hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us for any reason, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok, or you can email us at thepodcrashed at gmail.com. We do love to hear from you. Uh, yeah, thank you so, so much for listening to this episode. And if you're hearing this and made it all the way to the end, I guess a special thank you to you. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.